Grand raising everyone. I like coming to laughs. Bird and coffee. Got my coffee here. Mm. All right. I took off Monday. Um, so I wasn't on yesterday. But I'm on today. Yay for me. Okay. And you. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Let's get started. Um, we're on chapter seven um, of the Isuru the Emerald Tablet Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Chapter 7, Separate the Earth from Fire, the Power of the True Imagination. Now, imagination being the biggest thing that we need to tap into and be able to understand um, and look at, right? Um, because it's something that's been taken out of our storyline, basically. Good morning. I don't know who's on Facebook. Say good morning so I know who you're on here. Uh, good morning, Carrie. Okay, with the fourth rubric of the Emerald Tablet, we began to work with the powers of the above. However, the above in the hermetic terms is not common Western idea of heaven, where we pass through pearly gates um, to be greeted by angels floating in a billowy cloud with the bearded father figure sitting on a massive throne. The above is the abode of the one mind, the realm of the divine uh, will and thought. The fourth rubric, which some have dubbed the pyramid rubric, tells us how to get there. It is the most mystical section of the Emerald Tablet. Okay. Um, so separate the earth from fire, the subtle from the gross, the gentle and the uh, with the great uh, ingenuity. Um, it rises from the earth to heaven. It descends again to the earth, thereby combining with itself. The powers of, of both the above and the below. So now we're looking at how do we create? How do we co-create, right? How do we bring this in? The rubric presents a difficult transition for many people. As civilized adults, we have gone through the contemporary rites of passage, having long surrendered our deep psychological connection with nature. Moreover, most of us have gotten beyond the anthropomorphic notions of heaven that society asks us to exchange for original awareness and have moved toward the materialistic view of an imp uh, passive clockwork universe. By seeing our ties with the above in this way, we have lost sight of how amazingly close at hand the divine is and how much we participate in its activities every day. Good morning, Bobby. The ancients knew exactly what the powers from the above were like because they experienced them directly with themselves. Okay, so let's see. Moreover, the most of us have gotten beyond the anthropomorphic notion of heaven that society asks us to exchange for its original awareness to have moved on towards a materialistic view of the impassive clockwork universe. The clockwork universe being mechanistic. So if you looked at paradigms, um, and you looked at different thought processes, the paradigms that we've been in, right, um, being materialistic or mechanistic. The mechanistic worldview tells us that everything works like a clock, that we're basically like a robot, and it's not true. That doesn't stand up. It doesn't hold true. Um, so the mechanistic type um, is, as you can see, it's mechanics, right? It's mechanics. So we have clocks that have all these mechanics. And not to say that it hasn't helped us, right, in some way. Using mechanics has given us this um, ability to co-create uh, the, the way we see or shape the world today. So masons and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but when we transcend the materialistic, right, mechanistic worldview, we start to look into the imagination and co-create with the divine that way. And the active imagination are the realms beyond the mechanism, right? When we, we go to this imaginal space of the above and learn how to co-create with nature itself, right? The mechanistic worldview has really put us in a, in a bind in a pickle, if you want, if you will, we see the world in that lens. And it's very hard for people who don't necessarily understand paradigms, our worldviews, because right now they're just living at what was given to them, not understanding that they have, they can actually change the outcome. We can change the outcome of how things are going, but it's going to take us changing our worldview, our mind and seeing life through a different lens, which is not such an easy task sometimes, right? How do we get people to start seeing the world differently when they were raised this way? We were born into um, sort of the industrial era. That's where it kind of derived from, right? This mechanism, um, this mechanistic type of era. And so we see now that this new worldview, like living systems is a, is a paradigm shift where we are integral practices where we learn how to bridge the gap between the mechanism um, or the mechanic or the scientific with the imaginal. And so um, how do we bridge the gap between the two, right? It, it, it's not working. We're, we're, we're just, we're not, we're, yeah, we're not robots. And, but yet they're trying to make us robots, right? They want us to be robots. They want us to just shut up and do what they say. And the reality is, is that's not how human consciousness works. We don't work like that. So you can, you can program a computer, but a computer may or may never have full consciousness. There's part of consciousness exists within them, but we have this awareness of who we are and we're constantly questioning, who are we? Why are we here? How do we become better? How do we, you know, we've created all this um, imaginal world, um, but we're constantly trying to figure out who we are. Empathy is a big piece of it, right? Understanding how to love and connect and compassion, right? So we understand that there's this thing called suffering and we do it together, right? That's what compassion means. So um, again, it's not a clockwork universe, but we see it that way. And we have clocks and there's gadgets that make it run. So we've become a mechanistic worldview and you can look it up and do your own research if you'd like. Okay? It has been postulated that 5,000 or so years ago, mankind lived in unconscious um, communion with the gods and followed divine voices um, in times of novel or stressful situations, including the hermetic tradition attributed to the Egyptian series induction techniques used by imprisoned spirits in lifeless uh, status to make them speak and prophesize. And nearly every ancient land had its own set of mysteries that included divine oracles. The ancients remembered um, what it was like before full consciousness dawned in man and believed that the, the mental world of thought and imagination was every bit as real as a physical world in which they found themselves. So here we go with the dream world and stuff like that. They, they, we, we analyze dreams today. Dreams are not necessarily, well, some people say they don't have dreams. You do. You dream every, every night. Good morning, Naveen. Good morning, Rooms. So you dream every night. You just don't remember your dreams. Now in ancient times, when we looked at tribal tribes around the world, they cared about dreams. They, they analyzed dreams. They talked about dreams. They did ceremony. They did dream ceremonies. They did 
active imagination stuff, right? And so now the world as we see it, that's starting to go away in certain parts. I'm doing great. How are you doing? So with the breakdown of the divine connection, the one mind and man slowly split into the duality of rational consciousness, although the archaic ability to exist in both realms is said to have survived in few genuine psychics and prophets are um so you could say like for me um now when we say psychics yeah i have psychic abilities not psychic as oh i'm gonna tell you the future and have a crystal ball this is not woo woo shit right um spiritual alchemy is really a connection to the sacred the sacred the divine and it's a way to utilize it within the material world. So we're not just staying in this woo-woo state of mind. Um, but they did talk to the gods and goddesses. Now, not God is in big God with the big G. I'm talking about little goddesses and gods, right? Where we had this mythology, our archetypal energies that we spoke about. And it helped us to sort of understand our place in the world. We took away that that right especially in america especially when they went and they said you know there's only one religion and they went and they started killing people well you know this is not to say so for those of you who are christian catholic you still can be christian catholic whatever it is the reality is is that we had a pantheon of gods and goddesses to describe the world that we see around us so basically we were able to relate to the storyline that was playing out in our lives we were able to process it. We gave it a place to be processed. Now, we don't necessarily, especially in the Western world, don't have a place to process um, all of the stuff that's happening to us. And we think we're crazy. And that's why we have asylums and people going crazy and all this. But back in the day, when we lived in communion and the tribal communities had this, they didn't think people were crazy, right? That's not, that wasn't the thought process. The thought process was, the imaginal world is just as real as this world. And it is. It is. When you go to sleep at night and you're processing and you dream up whole realities, that's part of you. That's part of your reality. It may not be material, but it's still real. Very real for you. I mean, you wake up, your whole body goes through a physiological happening when you go through these things. Some people get up in cold sweat. Some people have tremors. Some people have good dreams where they get up feeling blissful. It gives you a sensation in the body and your body then interacts with this world in a certain way. They were just talking about it the other day, like people dream about their partner cheating on them, right? And they wake up and it feels so real that they're pissed at their partner. It's not even real, but there's something that happens internally to the body and you behave a certain way in the material world. So there is a connection. You, to deny that there's a connection is, is simply crazy to say. That's crazy to say. That this imaginal world doesn't exist. It does. If it didn't exist, we wouldn't have Disney. Where do you think Disney came from? came from an imagination but we'll glorify that uh, and say it's great but really say that it's not real but it is it was someone's imagination it was real to them and they made it real in the, in the physical world it's the same thing okay so so we get to tap into that um so they found themselves uh, with the breakdown of the divine connection the one mind in man slowly split into the duality um, and that's the big thing is the duality. So really 
the greatest thing known to man, the greatest lie we ever told ourselves and believed in is the separation that we're separate. And then what happened is we gave roles to men and women. Um, good morning, Lou Rock, because we we can see. So this whole thing of I'm colorblind and I don't see color, you're a damn liar. You see color, unless you're colorblind. So when people say, I don't see color, I don't see gender. Yes, you do. What do you mean you don't see gender? You could tell when a woman's a woman and a man's a man. <laughs> now, yes, I had a great Christmas. I hope you did as well. It was fantastic. It was relaxing. I even took Monday off. There you go. Um, but we see color and we see gender. But the biggest thing that we did is we caused separation between the two. So the separation is, oh, you're different from me, you know? Now, physiologically, there are differences in men and women, obviously, but we're more alike than different. And we have the ability to co-create with the divine just the same. So, so for us, there, there looks like there's this distinction, but we're all, yeah, we always see color. Yeah, we do. So for even if, you, if you're colorblind, we see different shades of gray, I guess. But they lie, and that's how they use that lie. So the separation is the the biggest thing that we created and it's the greatest first of all it's the beginning of what I call the curse that the greatest curse that we're under right now the curse that needs to be broken in order for us to transcend in order for us to break free in order for us to release the chains it's like Moses right the story of Moses keeps coming up over and over and over again why Moses because it's a character, it's an archetype, it's a it's a mythological figure, it's a real figure, whatever you want to call it. It's a figure that showed up in history, all right? And that figure of Moses says, release my people from the chains of enslavement. We are under enslavement without even realizing it. And I think people are starting to realize it. We're under the shackles and chains. We're, we're, we're the working class or whatever you want to call it. And it's okay to work, but when you're you're working yourself to the ground, right? We have people who literally, that's all they do their whole life. They work their entire life, um, blood, sweat, and tears for somebody else. That somebody else is out living their best life, right? Having vacations, doing whatever. And we become the chain slaves of these people. And, and part of the enslavement and entrapment is is the clock time. It's the mechanistic way of looking at the world, the Ford model, the nine to five, right? And you can only get these days off. And if you call in one more day, you ain't going to have a job. So it's that. It's the overwork and underpaid. It's the, I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's the, the things we watch on social media, the entertainment that they put in our face so that we can stop looking at the truth. And that's really what ha what has happened. That's what they've done. They've said here, and it's kept us just comfortable enough and we're really just slaves to the system. That's what it does. It's an entrapment. If you look at it, social media, all these things have entrapped us, they enslaved us. And so we're looking at, well, how do we release the chains, right? It's not a sad story. It's just a reality. Reality is never favorable. Let me tell you, the truth is not always the favorable, what people want to hear. You know, 
But when we start to at least understand what's happening and, and at least be real about what's happening and, and get real with it, we can start to transcend it and create something different. But if we can't even be true to ourselves and real to ourselves about what's going on, well, we're never going to wake up. So this is an opportunity to wake up from it. Get up, wake up, and figure it out. That the, the duality sort of put this chains and shackles on us, which is a worldview. Again, an, a worldview that we're still under, okay? So the duality of consciousness, although ability to exist in both realms, is said to have survived a few genuine psychics and prophets, okay? Our species memory of that era is passed down in religious myths that describe mankind living in the presence of God or in an earthly paradise such as the Garden of Eden. We literally um, are trying to figure out how to get back to the Garden of Eden. Well, not all of us. And some of us are creating whole universes to try to recreate the Garden of Eden. So we have, I'm trying to tell you guys that I was talking about universes being created before I even knew the metaverse was being created. Why? Because literally that is what's happening we have the ability to create whole new universes now i don't know how true it is but i hear that people are even buying land in the metaverse it's it it's somebody else's construct of of a universe they're always going to be the god or the head of that we're live we're they're saying hey live in my universe well we've got to reclaim our own and understand who we are. And we have the ability to do that, but they bastardize it, right? They make it for their own benefit. Then that's there's consequences with that, but people will follow. They surely will, and there's nothing right, wrong, good or bad. But educate yourself. You're the 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 tiny few people or individuals who choose to understand it and go deeper. Not an easy task. It's a lot. It is. But you're powerful enough to do it. So um, in the modern garden of mammoth, of mammon, sorry, we have lost all respect for subjective thought, which is the only source of our connection with the power of the above. According to the doctrine of correspondence in the Emerald Tablet, the structure and attributes of the macrocosm of the above are represented in the microcosm of the below and vice versa. The one mind is reflected in our individual minds and the loss of the esteem with which we hold our own thoughts has resulted in the loss of the connection in each of us with the higher one mind. Here's, here's the key. And I've talked about this before. There's, there's something called the macrocosm and the microcosm. Now, tarot, for those of you who understand tarot or read tarot or, or look into tarot, tarot is a good way to understand what we're talking about. It has a depiction. It it shows pictures. It shows it it helps us to understand the storyline. Now the macrocosm is this is what they've taken away. They've taken away the macrocosm. So what they did is they created a duality, and out of that duality, they honored one part of the duality and they made the other bad. And they've taken they've gotten rid of the other piece or tried to take it out completely. So again, what did they take out? They took out the macrocosm. Okay, and I've talked about this before because I don't know if you guys know how many of you guys play uh, cards, regular playing cards. Um, now, I even dream during the day. Dreaming is awesome. Yeah. So, playing cards. 
So they've taken out the macrocosm in the tarot and they've given us the 52 card plane deck. Well, it's really the tarot deck. People don't even know that. So people are like, oh, that's evil. I don't do tarot. Well, do you play cards? Yeah, well, that's tarot. And what they've done is they've bastardized the true meaning of what tarot was, which is was a spiritual process. It was a diagnostic. It was almost like going through therapy. The cards helped people to open up to their unconscious mind and talk about things that were deeper so that they can heal. That's all it was. It wasn't to predict the future, tell people what they should or shouldn't be doing. It was more of an opportunity to look at life through the lens of a spiritual process. And yet they bastardized that. And what did they do? They created separation. They took out the macrocosm. You guys want to go and understand who you are? Start reading about the macrocosm. Go just go read about it. What is the macrocosm? How do I figure out where I'm at in the macrocosm? It's this other space that they don't nobody talks about. And they're not going to. And they they do. Let me tell you what they do. Gaia. Now I'm not saying it's right, wrong, good, or bad. I don't watch those shows only because I don't trust their alchemy. I don't know them personally. And to me, when people are going live like that, broadcasting all over the place, there's something that's missed. It doesn't sit right with me. Okay. So literally what they're doing is they're drawing you into their own personal macrocosm, their stellar body. There's one guy in particular, he talks about why his purpose is, what planet he came from, all that. He talks about sacred geometry, um, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. But everybody has a story. So he's not the only one. There's, I mean, he's not special. He's just actually tapping into his active imagination, which you have access to. You can tap into that active imagination. All he's tapping into is the macrocosm, right? People want to be so unique and different. Really, the, the reality is we're all unique and different in our own way, in our own right. We just got to reclaim it and understand it. There's nothing special about anybody, really. There is and there isn't, is what I'm saying. There's, it's not like we put these people on pedestals like they're doing something so wonderful. Really what it is, is they're initiates and they've, they've gone through the process, the spiritual alchemic process within themselves. That's what it is. And they put themselves on pedestals, which then is a bastardization of spiritual alchemy. We're not, this is not about putting people on pedestals. This is about us finding out who we are, understanding the true power of who we are internally. And that is connecting to the macrocosm. So start reading about it because the guy on Gaia, I don't remember his name. I saw like the first intro um, to what he was talking about and I just turned it off because I was like, oh, okay, I see what he's doing. He's, he's activated his active imagination. I connect to that space too, but I don't need to go and put it all over everywhere because it's my alchemy. I get downloads of sacred geometry and it may not make sense to you, your alchemy is going to make sense to you. Carl Jung did the same thing. He just tapped into his active imagination. All of these individuals did alchemy. You can go back and read what they were doing, and everything points back to spiritual alchemy. Everything. From the beginning of time, pretty much. 
the alchemy is where it's at. And I, I keep saying this over and over again because I'm trying to get people to really understand that this process, it actually is a process that helps us to connect to the divine and co-create with the divine so that we can create whatever it is that we're choosing to create. Now, is it going to be in the hands of everybody? Some people say, some people, even alchemists or esoteric people would be like, well, why are you doing this? Why are you teaching people this? Right. Um, you know, I'm not teaching everything that I know because it's my alchemy for people who want to know my alchemy. Yeah. I wouldn't just give out my everything that I know because it, it could do damage. And that's what people have done. They've done damage pretty much. They've bastardized something that was supposed to be pure and, and good. And they've, they've used it for their own personal gain. We see this over and over. It's the storyline that gets played out over and over and over again. But you have your own alchemy and the macrocosm is where it's at. So the guy on Gaia, whatever his name is, talks about coming and his planet came and they came to know how things were created. And I don't know, he talked about something like that. Okay, cool. I was like, awesome. He's tapped into his active imagination. Awesome. He knows where he's at in the macrocosm. Awesome. So do I. Big deal. Now, how do we teach this to people? Not tell you that, hey, guess what, guys? I have the one and only right way to do shit. That's a lie. It's not true. You guys have that power as well. You have to bridge the duality. And, and you have to find holism and integrate it together. As above, so below. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you look at the stars and see what the stars are doing. It means that you yourself have a connection to the divine. You have a macrocosm. You could call it the subtle body. You can call it the spirit. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Well, when you understand where you are in your stellar evolution at the macrocosm level, which they've taken out of the tarot deck, Okay, our 52 card plane is they gave you the microcosm. Okay, they gave you what's happening in the material world. They gave you the below, basically. If we looked at alchemy as the above and the below, what they did is they said, let me give you the below and take out the above. And that's exactly what they did. And then they fed us to casinos. And I hate to say it, but that's a bastardization of alchemy. I've said this over and over again. The casinos ha are using the 52 playing card deck. They've, they've taken out the macrocosm and they've put in the, the microcosm and they have you stuck in time at the casinos. It's stuck. It's you're stuck in time when you go there. And that's what they've done. They've totally bastardized what spiritual alchemy was supposed to do. And then people are lost and not understanding how to get out of it. People are like, I don't understand. How do I get out of this? Some people are. Some people don't care. Some people are like, I love this. And that's fine. Not everybody will. Not everybody wants to know this stuff. It's very heavy. <laughs> there are very few people who are like, yeah, I want to know this shit. I do. They're waking up from the, from the grand illusion and the delusion and the archetypal energy, right? That we've been under the curse, the curse of white supremacy. The curse not... Now, not the curse in skin color. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the curse of white supremacy in an archetypal energy that has been created, that was born out of duality. When duality came into being, there was a separation. The separation created light and dark. 
that light and dark, then light got glorified as the ultimate and the dark got bastardized as evil. And then what happened is that separation got greater and greater and greater and greater. And as that archetypal energy got glorified, the whiteness, people started to utilize it and bastardize that too. And that's why we live in a world of white supremacy. And it has nothing to do with skin color. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a bastardization of what? Spiritual alchemy. It's the greatest treason known to man, the greatest order, the greatest. It's the greatest treason, highest order of treason known to man that was put upon us. It's a curse. And it's funny, I know Katya's on here in the morning. When we look at native traditions, they knew that this curse was coming. They understood it. They understood that it was coming, just like we need to understand that it gets to be broken. And we are the ones who get to break it by waking up from it. As we wake up from it, we start to honor the dark. That's not the evil. I'm not saying honor the evil. That's not it at all. But in the darkness is the unconscious. It's the imagination. It's the active imagination where all these archetypal energies exist that we've totally severed and cut off. Yeah, it was pro prophesized. And it was prophesized because they understood what was happening with the split of spiritual alchemy that was starting to, to be born. They started to disconnect from the active imagination, the dream world, and they disassociated with it. And then they started calling people crazy for having it. They had drum ceremony, right? And that's part of it. Part of it was the drums. They took the drums away. That was the first thing. And then they introduced alcohol. So there's all these different things that happened throughout history to slowly sever and take away our active imagination and the macrocosm. They basically robbed us of our macrocosm is what it is. That's basically what I'm saying. That's why it says the, the macrocosm and the microcosm. Understand what that means. Go do a little bit of research. Just search. What's the macrocosm? How do I, what's the macrocosm in tarot? If you understand the macrocosm in tarot, you'll understand that we're, we're playing. You've heard that saying you're, you're playing with, uh, you're not playing with the full deck of cards. That's what that means. That means that you're not playing with the full deck of cards. They've only given us part of them. And then they made the whole process wrong and said it was evil. And what did they call evil? They called evil the active imagination, the unconscious. And they took that out of the tarot deck. And that's why we're lost and don't know how to find our way out of this shit. Well, I'll tell you, find your way out of this shit. Become like Moses and free yourself. Get your staff. We're all little Moseses or whatever you want to call it. We're all going to come out of the promised land together if we get our staff and we start to remember who we are. Wake up to who you are. You have the power, just like this dude that's on Gaia who claims to know everything on the, you know, he's just inviting you into his macrocosm. You have the same storyline. You can tap into that. You have, a, you have a myth story. You have an origin story. You have a beginning. You are a hero. The hero's journey is you. That's your journey. You're the hero in your own journey. But they took it away from us, right? They said, nope, 
they can't have it. We're not going to initiate these people. So we have these orders that initiated people into the mysteries. And those individuals had to go through hoops. And I understand why. Because this information in the wrong hands can go wrong. Well, guess what? It got put in the wrong hands already. And we're seeing the result of that today. That's why Mother Earth is dying. Because it was put in the wrong hands. So it's already done. So for that people to say, oh, but we can't have this in the wrong hands. It's already in the wrong hands. What are you talking about? Look at the shit we see going on in this world. It's a cluster F. <laughs> I can't say that we're not here as a family-friendly thing. But it is. It's a cluster. And it's a it's a, a heaping mess out there. Why? Well, because they misused alchemy. Yeah, that's why. The ripple effects and the consequences, right? We can reclaim and we can restore and we can re, we can heal regenerate if we if we allow ourselves to connect it connect into that but it's going to take more than you know a few people it's going to take us really waking up to our abilities and that's really hard you know because people are so steered in different directions they've done such a good t job to keep us <laughs> occupied with our time on other shit we're using our time and occupying our time with what? Like, I don't know. Question yourself about that. Just ask yourself that question. What am I occupying my time with? What am I really focused on? Am I focused on healing and helping and serving? Or am I focused on who the next great star is going to be? The TV's entertainment. Now, it's not a judgment call. It's just a fact. The further and further that we get into... Um, what they're feeding us, the further and further we're into their curse. And they're they're and that's it. It's a curse. They're feeding us this information purposefully to keep us where? Blind to our true power. If you guys only knew how powerful you were, I mean it's it's crazy. So there you have it. Um, we'll continue on with this. I think I have an appointment. I didn't think I have an appointment. I guess I have an appointment today. So there you have it. I love you guys. Have the best day ever. Remember who, what your true power is. Go look at the ma ma macrocosm and microcosm. Go look at the tarot. Just read it yourself, okay? Go on and say, 52-card playing deck, Was it? did it come from tarot? And then you'll see that they took out the macrocosm, and then you can start going down that rabbit hole of what is the macrocosm, what is the microcosm, and how do I bridge the gap between the two so that I can actually find holism within myself, bridge the duality. Okay, there you go. All right, so love you guys. Have a fantastic day. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.